Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're starting a new series of programmes today, Colin, about the Kingdom of God. And I suppose the first question we have to ask is, what exactly is the Kingdom of God? Well, first of all, it's not a place. Uh, The word that is translated kingdom in our Bibles means the rule or the reign of God, where he exercises his sovereign rule and reign. Now, two phrases are used in the New Testament, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Some people try to make a distinction between these two phrases, but really they need to be used interchangeably. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of heaven. It's simply that Matthew, writing for a predominantly Jewish audience, uh, avoids using the the name of God, which was common uh, among the Jewish people. So he did the usual thing of inserting heaven instead. But the kingdom of God is the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus' whole ministry focused around the coming of the kingdom. Uh, You remember that John the Baptist was raised up by God to prepare the way for the ministry of Jesus. And he made this prophetic statement that the kingdom of God was at hand or the kingdom of God was near. The coming of the kingdom was about to take place. And Jesus began his ministry by really taking up that prophetic word. And he said right at the beginning, the time has come, the kingdom of God is near or is at hand, repent and believe the good news. So the gospel, the good news, is the good news about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Now, this phrase is used in two ways in in, uh, the teaching of Jesus. Of course, he is the king of kings. He left the throne of God in heaven to become man. So with the coming of the king into our humanity, there comes the establishing of the kingdom here on earth. So we could say that this was Jesus' real intention. This was the mission that the Father gave him to bring the kingdom of God so that it could be established on earth. This is why in what we call the Lord's Prayer, he taught us to pray, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We'll explain that a a little more later on. But with the coming of Jesus, there comes the kingdom. Now, of course, the Jewish people failed, most of them, especially the religious leaders, to accept that Jesus was the Messiah because when he came, they were expecting the Messiah to come with great glory and triumph and victory to overcome all their enemies, chuck the Romans out, if you like, and really establish the nation of Israel uh, as an entity. And um, uh, what they failed to understand is that the Old Testament predicts 
two comings of the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. The first as the suffering servant, the one who was to give his life for us on the cross so that we could become part of the kingdom. And then he will come again in triumph, in glory, when all his enemies will have been put under his feet. And he will then establish a new heaven and a new earth where the sovereign rule and reign of God, the kingdom of God, will be fully seen and established and fulfilled in the way that God intends. So at this present time, we live between these two comings of the Christ, of the Messiah. He has come. He has brought the kingdom. He has begun the whole process of establishing the kingdom here on earth. He will come again, and when he comes again, then the kingdom will reach its fulfillment, and everything that does not acknowledge the sovereign rule and reign of Christ will pass away. And that which will endure, that which will last, that which will be eternally with God is that which acknowledges his sovereign reign, all those who, in other words, are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and have become the children of God. So there was no mention of the kingdom of God before Jesus. There's no mention in the Old Testament. Oh, yes, 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 indeed there is. Um, Daniel, for example, talks about the kingdom of God being an everlasting kingdom because, you see, the Jews were were living in expectation of the coming of the kingdom. They knew that when the Messiah came, the, the kingdom would come. And... Um, uh, you, you may remember that there was a time when John the Baptist was in prison and he sent some of his disciples to ask Jesus, are you really the one? Now, um, John knew that Jesus was the one when, when he came down to the Jordan River and was baptized by John. Now, what caused John to question? Well, he hadn't seen the full implementation of the glory and and um, of the triumph that he, along with everybody else, was expecting the Messiah to establish. Uh, and Jesus sent the message back to John, well, go and tell people what you see and hear, um, all the miracles that were happening, the people's lives that were being tra- changed and transformed. That was evidence that Jesus is indeed the Messiah and that he is uh, establishing the kingdom here upon earth. But even John, you see, did not appreciate that this was going to be a whole process and that what God wanted to do was to establish the kingdom not only among the Jewish people, but all over the world, among every nation. Uh, so this is, this is why the commission that the disciples were given before Jesus returned to heaven was to go into all the world and to make disciples of all nations. And Jesus will come again once there is a viable manifestation of the kingdom of God amongst all the nations, all the people groups in the world. In other words, he will be welcomed when he comes again as king of kings. He will be welcomed in triumph by people that are ready and waiting for him. So for the past 2,000 years, the kingdom of God has been moving through the nations, as you've just described. It's been advancing. And um, there will be no... Uh, end to the kingdom, but um, you remember Isaiah gave this prophecy that the government is upon his shoulders, and of the increase of that government, there will be no end. Now, you see, where Jesus governs is where the kingdom is established. 
where he is allowed to rule and reign in the hearts and lives of people. And so that prophetic word says that the extent or the extension of that that um, government, therefore, of that kingdom will know no end. So ever since Jesus established the kingdom with a few hundred people in Israel nearly 2,000 years ago, that kingdom has been advancing. That kingdom has been extended all over the world. And, of course, there have been millions and millions and millions of people that have been and are part of that kingdom now. And nothing and nobody's been able to stop it growing. No, nothing ever can, because whatever God says is established. Nobody can undo whatever God has said. So if he has said of the increase of this government there will be no end, then that is the case. Uh, even going back a thousand years or so before Jesus was born, um, there's mention, you see, of the kingdom in um, Psalm 145, for example, where, where David tells that, that the people will speak of the glory of his kingdom. In other words, even though the kingdom has not come in its fullness now, because we belong to the kingdom, part of the glory or a certain amount, if you like, of the manifestation of the glory of God can be revealed in our lives to us, in us, and through us. So this is a glorious kingdom. And, of course, what we experience of the glory now is only a small part of what we will know when Jesus comes again, uh, when we see the full glory, or when we go to heaven and see his full glory and majesty in heaven. So it's very exciting to realize that as Christians, we are part of this whole purpose that God has of seeing his kingdom come, of seeing his kingdom uh, extended. So one of the things that we'll be doing as we look at this whole subject of the kingdom over the coming weeks is, is to see what Jesus says in the parables, because the parables are the parables of the kingdom. The scripture tells us that Jesus never taught without using a parable. And these are parables about the kingdom. The kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like. That's the phrase that often introduces uh, these parables. But you can divide those parables into two categories. Those that speak of the present reality of the kingdom and those that speak of the coming of the kingdom in all its fulfillment when Jesus comes again and there will be the judgment of the living and the dead. So we we can say the kingdom has come and the kingdom is here, but the kingdom also is coming. It's really like the whole process of salvation. You know, we have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved, the scripture says. And so all that, of course, is tied up with this revelation of the kingdom. So it's going to be important for us, first of all, to understand in what way is the kingdom already established here on earth, and what does it mean for us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to be part of that kingdom, and how is that kingdom to be manifested in our lives? What, if you like, authority and power does belonging to the kingdom give to us now? How are we to exercise that authority and power? And what are we to do as we expect and anticipate and pray for the coming of God's kingdom in all its fullness? You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 